Your life experience, good or bad, is a gift when you share it with others. At Taxi Chronicles, we allow real riders with real stories to share their gift. So hopefully this episode will intrigue, enhance or inspire you. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe. Morning, morning, morning. Yes, we're back with another rider, another story. Today we're honoured to have an IT consultant in the house. So everybody who's interested in IT, want to know if, you know, it's an interesting job, you get paid well, any of those facts, hopefully we will learn today. So nice to have you here today, Ryan. This is yours. How are we, ladies and gents? What a pleasure. <laughs> so tell us, first of all, what kind of person were you when you were at school? I actually uh, majored in musical theatre, okay. which is a bit of a detour to IT eventually, but... Uh, opposite spectrum. Yeah. Exactly. But, you know, it gets you... Uh, when you're when you're in that kind of environment, especially theatre, and you you present, basically, it's the biggest thrill you can get. You know, you're always in front of a crowd of two hundred plus people sometimes singing. So that sort of helps out with the sales eventually when you get there. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, you have to please. Yep. Yeah. Mhm. Did you um, did, just out of curiosity, any your role in musical theatre? Did you do any? Yeah, I did. Well, I grew up doing it. Um, My uncle was on the West End in Les Miserables. He was in the uh, one of the original casts. Okay. And then he started becoming the residential director for that in Manchester. And when I was growing up, he was doing all of that. So he was getting me into shows uh, with young kids in it, like Annie, Oliver Twist, all of those kind of. So you could have gone far in that. Yeah, you know, that was the game plan for a while. Originally, you know, after university, um, the, the big plan was, was to continue doing it. Uh, I actually had quite a few big roles straight out of university. Um, went back into Annie, actually. I did Annie again as an adult. And we did a national tour of that. And then uh, after that kind of died down a bit, I got into a little bit of a sales role in, over in the States. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously the money was a lot better and, mm-hmm. you know, you blink and it's 10 years later and you're still doing IT. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So is IT something that you love? You know, I love traveling uh, more than I love the job itself. And I love, you know, sort of the interacting with different cultures when you get there because IT is global. Yeah. And, it, you know, everyone shares this sort of cloud-based infrastructure, we call it. So everyone's always, you know, you're always traveling to different parts of the world and learning new uh, software and hardware and, and all that kind of stuff. And that's, that's my favorite part about it, less more of the technical side. Um, I, I'm in sales specifically, so I don't deal with, you know, lots of coding and stuff like that. I'm more of just a salesman. Okay, so as in sales, when, um, so, so you go and present products to people? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you've got a lot of customers in a certain facility, you go there. How, how do you deal with the language barrier? Um, well, we have a lot of the times is we have teams that are set up for specific locations. So I basically deal with North America and the UK. And uh, lang- when it comes to language barriers, it's really rare for me to have one because I'm specific to those locations. Okay. Um, but say if there's a an Asian market, we'll have a team specifically for that Asian market who will have, you know, 
most of the members on that team will speak that language. So, okay. What what's been the thing that you've learned that you wish you knew when you started this business? Oh, I would honestly. I mean, I mean, this is probably a bit cliche, but you really, you really have to understand how important an initial contact is with someone. Uh, you know, first impressions are like as as key as it can get because um, they like you, they like you, they want to do business with you. Especially in my specific role, it's a lot of you know boozing and schmoozing customers before you actually even start doing business with them. Mm-hmm. So that initial contact is is very key, and I wish that I sort of would have known that a bit before, rather than mm. you know sitting back and being quiet when you first meet someone is not necessarily the best thing to do in that in that type of business you want to you want to put your best foot forward as soon as you meet someone i suppose in north north america they're more outgoing personalities would you say uh it depends because you can get if you go in the south especially they're quite reserved um you know like uh, i'm heading to georgia at the moment everyone (laughs) uh and then uh if you go up new york you know that that's where there's you know lots of different cultures and everything like that. But in the south, especially where I'm heading at the moment, they're they're a bit quite reserved, a lot more religious. You know, so you're not taking them out for wine on the first night. <laughs> okay. Oh, and do you have to be seen to be religious as well? No, no, not at all. No, not at all. That that doesn't that kind of thing you, you you don't necessarily bring up. You just it's something you sort of have to understand before you go there. Okay. Yeah, I understand. What would you say to your 16-year-old self? Oh. Give it a few more years in theatre. See what, what could have happened, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do a bit more singing and dancing. Okay. <laughs> okay. What was the ultimate thing you loved about theatre? I, I'm, a, I'm an adrenaline junkie when it when it when it comes down to it I, my I mean still to this day my favorite thing to do is you know jump out of airplanes and and scuba diving and and all that you know crazy crazy stuff but I, I, I there is nothing in this world that gives someone a bigger adrenaline rush than performing in front of a crowd of people I suppose yeah the positive as long as they like you the positive energy yeah gives you that ultimate there's, and there's nothing scarier than forgetting your lines I forgot. I forgot. I've, I've got some basic questions I ask, and sometimes the customer, when they say something, yeah, it throws me. Yeah, no, and, no. And then my mind goes blank, and you're like, ah, okay, yeah. In, the, <laughs> in that respect, yeah. what does the future hold for Ryan and his company? Ooh, you know, uh, you know, I'm not sure. Um, with this current climate in you know during the world of covid uh you got to play it day by day uh so long-term goals are a bit less important at the moment than short term i'd say mm-hmm. <laughs> try and keep uh keep the next customer coming at the moment is is probably the the biggest mm-hmm. key did you envision your company growing to the size that it has because it's your company it's not my company oh, i'm a consultant but um yeah it's not my 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 personal company um but uh, yeah, no, it's 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 growing and growing and growing, especially uh, now that everyone's working from home. Um, all this, like I said earlier, I, I'm not sure if everyone listening knows what cloud-based infrastructure is, um, but it's essentially, you know, saving data. In yeah, the yeah, yeah. Every everyone is everyone's connected through um, through a, a cloud-based infrastructure now. 
and uh, keeping that moving is important, especially when it comes to cybersecurity. Um, with everyone working from home, everyone's a little bit more vulnerable to cyber attacks because um, they don't—they're not in their office spaces, which, which have all these multi-million-dollar, you know, secure location, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So, so luckily enough, in my area, it's—it's it's not something that's slowed down. It's a bit it progressed a little bit. I was speaking to an uh, IT guy. I interviewed mm-hmm. an IT guy who's up in, I think, Bradford or someplace like that. But he had his own business. And what he was saying to me is that he's worked a lot for the bankers. Yep. And the same thing you just mentioned there about security, mm-hmm. that he's had to, to go into their houses and put in a camera system with a lock on the door. Because they're dealing with like investment bank uh, mm-hmm. trading information. When they, um, there's a camera facing from the door to him and a camera facing behind and right. a camera facing the laptop, him on the laptop. Sure. And there's a code. So as he opens up the laptop, the camera checks that no one else is in the room and it locks the door. That's severely secure. I yeah. mean, these guys. <laughs> that's, that's that. And he's had to inter- install quite a lot of those. Sure. And things like that. So it's interesting um, thing where he says other companies just turned around and said, everyone's got to come in with them. Mm-hmm. We can't risk insider trading and all of that. No. That kind of thing. What are the main concerns clients have why they need your... Um, at, at the moment, it's, um, it's either re- recognizing a uh, cyber risk through an email. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you, you click on something that you think is coming from a customer or, or coming from... Uh, um, you know, uh, an internal member of your own company, and they're called phishing emails. And, and if you click on them and you, you you type in the wrong thing, you know it, it it can compromise not just you but your entire infrastructure within your company. <laughs> sometimes, I mean, sometimes it can be very bad. Um, you know, I'm flying with Delta today, and they had a massive hack a few years ago, and that was through a, an email that someone had received, and and then. What happens now, what we specialize in is something called you know, AI, artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. We'll scope these emails before they're even received by a recipient on their email, and it will drop them into something called a Dropbox. And uh, then that email will be checked by the AI for malware and, and all that kind of stuff. And, it, and then if it's seemed to be legit, like a real email coming from someone normal, it'll then be sent back out of the Dropbox, and then you'll that it'll go through the other end and you'll receive the email. But if it's considered malware or spam or something like that, it'll crush it. It'll just get rid of it. How, how does it How does it know? What are the recognizable? Uh, the, well, it, it's it's train. It, it remembers. It, it, it'll it'll see something, and and then it will it'll adapt. So, but the thing is about these 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 malware and all this this you know these cyber attacks is. You only have to change 2% of this malware to try and trick the AI sometimes because the AI will not recognize that it's different. So that these scammers are always trying to change it just the littlest bits. So it's a real career for these scammers. Oh, yeah, 100%. It's a real... I get some emails at times and I just, if I don't think, nah, I just delete it. Yeah, so uh, block. on like a private email like Gmail and something yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Just... You're a lot more at risk with those um, because you, you're obviously not run through 
like a project management service company that deals with cybersecurity. Um, but yeah, so you'll see a lot more of them on a, on a private email than you would if, if say, someone listening probably has an Outlook mm-hmm. account. Uh, th- that those those tend to be fished out a lot more often. I suppose the the best thing would to be to avoid those kind of things is if you see an email from someone, you just give them a call. Did you send it? Sure. If you know if you know who it is, ah. yeah. If you know who's sending it, um, if it's released by the AI throughout the drop through the firewall, um, it's 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 usually pretty hands on. Like if you get the email, it's it's usually been checked. And it's usually been released, so it's, it's it's a good sign if you get it. Sometimes. So IT's not going anywhere. It is not going anywhere. And, and in, es- in essence, you'll be your the company's being one of the beneficials through the whole COVID. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now you've got a lot more people still working from home. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't see many people going back to their offices anytime soon. Do you? No. <laughs> I, I know what they're doing now. They're changing um what do you call it they're trying to do a chinese style mm-hmm. where you have a big block of flats and the bottom half is all flats and the top half is the offices yep and you go up to work in your office in the day and you come back down to your flat mm-hmm. but i don't think that's mentally healthy no i think you need to just get away i can't i mean you don't want to be seeing your boss as you go to no. the shop i mean i'm lucky enough to still be able to travel uh, which most people aren't, um, simply because, I mean, the reason I can actually travel to the States right now um, is because my parents actually live there. So my parents are permanent residents of the United States, mm-hmm. which means I'm exempt from the travel ban. Oh, yeah. So thank God for that. If I had to stay working at home, I'd, I'd lose so my mind. Pa- oh, your parents are British, though, yeah. They're British, yeah, yeah, yeah. We moved over to the States when I was just about to turn nine years old. Mm. You've got very British accents. Yeah, yeah. Well, I moved back to England. I moved back to London uh, when I was 22, 22 oh. or 23. So, I've, and I'm 28 now. So I've been back for quite a while. But the funny thing is, is me and my oldest brother both have English accents. But the middle one, who's older than me, doesn't sound English at all. Oh. Yeah. You spoke about scuba and diving. Oh, love it. I love it too. Do yeah, you? Where I used to, I could tell you some stories about me. Oh, <laughs> well, I've got some as well. <laughs> I was um, diving off the coast of Yemen. In the right, port. wow. Yeah, and this was just as the war was starting. Right. Yeah? I used to do work on a ship, stopping the pirates hijacking the ships. So what on? Yeah. I was not, you talk about yeah, not expecting answers sometimes. I was not expecting that. <laughs> so what happened, there's a row between the chief officer and the deck, uh, the, not the deckhands, the port workers. Mm-hmm. Now, the port workers are all clans. Right. Clans going back to biblical times. Gotcha. So that's some serious thing. And one of them is a bit, he's not all there, he's like a bit, he's a bit, gets high, chewing cat, cat or whatever, yeah. or things like that. So he he crashed a crane, the ship's crane, into the ship. Intentionally? No, he's just being an idiot, and he crashed it. So he dented uh, one of the funnels, yeah? So the captain, the chief officer got upset and tried to physically throw him down the gangway, yeah? to get him off the ship. Oh my God. There was a no-no. Lada goes, you know, doesn't matter. 
so now the chief officer said, you must pay for the damage. And they said, no, you've touched one of us. You violated, you must pay us $1,500. Not that much on the scale of things. But it's a matter of price. So they said, we're not paying. So the clan goes, okay. And they just start working on that ship. We were there a month. Now what happens, <laughs> in the meantime, we started to paint the ship and all these other things. And I was getting bored. So I think it, the water was really nice and clear and blue. Mm -hmm. Let me go down and do some snorkeling. Some snorkeling. So I got my fins. I always have my fins and what have you. And I was snorkeling around at the end of the berth. Because you know they dredge the ground. Sure. So you've got about two or three meters of sand, and then it just goes boom, straight yep. down. So on my last diving thing, I thought, let me go down by free diving. So I got the fins, I prepared myself, did a little breathing exercise, went down. As I was swimming down, it's clear blue, but it's like a deep clear blue, mm -hmm. but you can't see, because their sand is different in that country, yeah? But it's nice, it's a nice right. colour. So I'm going down. I don't know how, maybe I went down 20, 30 meters or something. And then what did I see? A shark that swimming straight in front of me. I mean, he moved fast. This is like prehistoric movement. Oh. <laughs> I tell you, if I was a synchronized swimmer, I would have won in the water. For the U turn I did. <laughs> yeah. My whole swimming technique went out the window. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Flapping. <laughs> Trying to scabble back on this sad bank. Then I put my hand on a mantis stingray. Ooh. Uh, um, no, 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 not the big mantis, the little, the stingray one, the little brown ones. Mm -hmm. and, then, and, I, and I just missed me and, ah, and I flap it more and I try to get in the watch. Then I stood up and I look in and I see human feces everywhere. Really? Yes, they've got a serotype pipe going into the water. And you're just swimming around. <laughs> And I had this big beard, like a Bin Laden beard, yeah. because I didn't shave, because we were getting all these examples. <laughs> bin Laden beard. And I think it was, ah, it took me ages, and wash it, it drowned. Oh <laughs> my gosh, man. But anyway, uh, that's one of many. You, what's, what's, what's you your, win. What's you, your story? You win. But I've got more stories than that, man. Oh uh, my. We... So where's the best place you've um, scuba or dive? Uh, Key West, Florida is pretty special. Really? I mean, the amount of like life down there in, in Key West. I mean, see, you see everything. Like, it's like a someone's painted a portrait of what a coral reef should look like. Oh, I didn't know they had the. I always thought America's coastline wasn't very. Um, Tropical? Yeah. Yeah, well, the, the the Gulf of Mexico, which is right on the the inside part where it goes, in, you know, on the inside of Florida towards the mainland, it's pretty pretty tropical. But then the Keys go down into the Bahamas. Okay. So the Florida Keys, uh, which is the very tip, uh, you look at the map of America, and Florida just looks like a block. It goes into the in, into the south. Uh, long leg bit. Yeah, the long leg bit. But at the bottom of it is actually a chain of islands that are barely visible on a map, but there's, I mean, I, don't, I couldn't guess how many there are, but there's got to be more than, you know, 20, 30, you know, I'm just taking a guess there, but they're all tiny and they're connected by this little bridge and they go all the way into the, basically the Bahamas and, and everything down there is just tropical. I mean, it's, it's, an, it's, an, it's incredible. So Key West is pretty good, but I've done a few cave dives, which were good. Um... I'm actually the, the diving when I get to America, the Georgia Aquarium, which is the 
I was at one point in time, I'm not sure if it still is, the, the largest aquarium in the world. Mm-hmm. And they have whale sharks in there. Which, you oh, know, yeah, whale sharks, yeah. a big, massive whale sharks. in Kenya. Yeah, yeah. I used to live in Kenya. Really? Yeah, you're, wow, you might, you're more well-traveled than me. <laughs> I don't know about that. But yeah, no, it was great. But go on, say about your Key West. Yeah, Key West is just incredible, man. I mean, there's... It's you sea turtles to the left of you and to the right. Yeah. There's the you know big giant you know sharks and, yeah. and I've never I've, I've never been afraid of sharks, but the the like I said the the stingrays scare me because of that whole Steve Irwin yeah. thing back in the day. But that tail is lethal. Yeah, they are. It's unforgiving. It's unforgiving. And that's about the second time I disturbed a, a stingray. Yeah. Uh, because you know they bend themselves and do that yeah, you, when they shake and yeah they like, like yeah, yeah. They, but if you look what they say to me when you walk through the water it's, I don't know what the, the beach like in the Key West but when you walk through the water and it's quite shallow you slide your feet yeah along. rather than just take yeah, steps step because that's where you can get stuck yeah, yeah. And it's also you know stonefish yeah those are bad those are bad really yeah. tropical in Kenya yeah really really like clownfish, seahorses, sea yeah. turtles and stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I miss it. I haven't been diving in over a year, probably. So have you, have you dived with sharks? Oh yeah, yeah, multiple times, yeah. I, I, my, the only time I've ever disturbed an animal is I swam over a top of an angel shark, which they bury themselves. Um, they bury themselves just under a thin layer of sand and you can't see them. And then if you swim over them, they, they usually don't bother you. But if you touch them or anything like that, they just come out of the sand and take off. And it's the scariest, scariest thing in the world. Because it just looks like the ground beneath you becomes alive with a monster. And you're just like, oh, no. That's how they catch their prey as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. They just hide under the sand. Well, what it taught me from my experience is that you're very vulnerable in the water. Yeah. I mean, scuba diving is like... God knows how much more times dangerous than skydiving. Yeah, because it's so. They, they say if it swims fast, it doesn't want to be touched. Yeah. If it swims slow, you don't want to touch. Yeah, it. <laughs> that's actually a good point. I've never heard that. Yeah, it's just like colours. Colours yeah, are. You see those... the colours are more dangerous. Yeah, I've heard a few. Uh, I've heard a strange fact about sharks, and I'm not sure if this is true or not. This might be an old wives' tale, but my dad told me that this is he told me this is a fact that more people die worldwide every year from champagne corks than shark attacks I don't know Some, can, everyone go google that see if yeah. that's true I can tell you they say that at the end of the dinner party maybe it needs to be like maybe he was opening a bottle of champagne but if you because they come out with such force apparently you know yeah. some, there's more well, maybe there's more accidents push your eyeball yeah 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 okay. fun fact yeah or not yeah so where else have you um what sorry what was it actually like when you were learning to dive uh I got addicted to it right right away uh-huh. like my first dive I was like oh this is immense like it's, I mean, it's like space. It's like going into space. It's another world. It is, completely another world. Um, yeah, no, I, I did quite a lot of courses uh, when I first started. 
that you paddy yep. outside open yeah paddy advanced open water diver yeah and I got my deep diver certification and my medical response certification. So you dived at night, so you dived at oh, night. Oh, night diving's amazing. There's these things called bioluminescence. And when you're in the ocean at nighttime, if you're deep enough down, if you move your hands about, like in front of your face, it looks like you're shooting lightning bolts out of your hands because you're, you're illuminating all these little organisms that are alive in the water. And that's when all the the little things come out, you know. You, you, you see less of the big fish at night time, but you see lots of, like, seahorses. And... Yeah, those fishes, um, it's probably less vulnerable for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the big fish have gone to sleep. I guess, yeah. Stuff like that. So there's, like, a natural order of things. Yep. Like, their, their daytime is, like, our... Our nighttime. Yeah. The drug dealers and the prostitutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, how we stay indoors? Yeah. Less vulnerable. <laughs> we stay indoors. Have you uh, have you ever been skydiving? No. You know what? When I was in the military. Yeah, I was. I meant to ask you that. Was it the navy that you were in uh, doing I was this? In okay. But um, my travelling was private security. Um, yeah. Some of that was private security. Some of that was on my own. Um, just doing what you know. Yeah. I'm in cyber security, you're private security. <laughs> actually, mate, actually, mate, it's quite a good thing. We've got to start a company in Kenya. Yeah. And there's an ex old foreign legion guy. Okay. But we, we actually needed an IT guy. Oh. Because we needed to be able to present, uh, well, we're doing a presentation to one of the guys who has the company who's run the courts. Mm-hmm. Um, their, their security skills aren't best and they're not bad i don't well i can't comment on their cyber yeah i mean it's probably just lack of infrastructure yeah. you know but, um, i know kenya has one of the best uh, infrastructure for data in africa yeah that's better, not surprising yeah i know they have lots of fiber optic cables over there which is which is good yeah. that's always a good base to have if you, if you have fiber optic cables Thank you. What's the impact you want to have in the world? Ooh. That's a good question, you know. I would say, you know, uh, laughter. I mean, I like making people laugh, you know, and, and, and treat, you know, that cold cliche thing, you know. But also, at the same time, I want to leave it better off than I got here. I've got to start doing the little things better. That's that's for sure. Like recycling and uh, you know being a bit more, you know, uh, green and stuff like that. So, like I said, I'm, I'm I've got lots of short-term goals at the moment. Not not many long-term ones. So. Okay. That's good. Well, thanks a lot for that. No worries, man. It's been a pleasure. Much appreciated. Oh, if anybody wants to use your services, where yep. can they find you? GTM Impact. Yeah, it's just G T M Impact. Okay, thanks a lot, and we wish you well. Thank you very much. We hope you like that Taxi Chronicles interview. 
Don't forget to share and subscribe to get the latest episode. Ever considered investing in a continent with the fastest growing economies and population on Earth? The same continent that holds 30% of the world's known natural resources. Listen to our sister podcast, Africa Investor Stories, where you hear real investors with real stories from around the world share their experience of investing in Africa. We post Monday and Thursday at 10am British Standard Time.